beginning, of course, we didn't tell her all of it, but a few years ago, she finally learned the truth and that there were drugs involved. Um, and, it, you know, it was just a really sad day in your life. Lana Olshudi is among the more than one million grandparents raising a grandchild due to the drug epidemic. That grandchild is Maddie, who came to live with her five years ago when she was in kindergarten. Lana's son is in prison for meth, and Maddie's mother, who also suffered from substance use disorder, was murdered by another man when she was four. Maddie knows being raised by a grandparent is different than what other kids experience. They're all like, Mom, Dad, can we have this or that for supper? And I usually just say, Nana, Lana, can we, what, what do we have for supper? And it's just sad not to use to say mom or dad. Lana and Maddie are speaking out because they want people to know how addiction affects so many others in a family. And Maddie is very passionate about telling her story to educate other kids on the perils of drug use. Well, I am so excited to welcome Lana and Maddie to the show. This is going to be a very unique episode of Grieving Out Loud because this is the first time we've talked to a grandparent really raising a grandchild. I guess we've talked to one other grandparent who's raising a couple of her grandchildren, but we didn't hear from the grandchildren. So today we're going to hear from Lana and Maddie and Lana is the grandma and Maddie is the granddaughter. And unfortunately, Maddie also lost her mom at a very young age. And we're going to kind of get into the whole story, but I just want to welcome you both to the podcast. Hi, thank you, Angela. Thank you. Thanks for being here. And Maddie, you are 10 years old going into fifth grade. Is that right? Correct. Correct. And Lana, tell me a little bit about Maddie and when she came to live with you. What happened? So this all started really when you were a baby. Maddie was born in 2011 and my son is her father. Um, he, along with her mom, Jenny, had a history of drug use but they had a few years of sobriety when they had Maddie. And so when Maddie, let's see, when you were about one, one and a half years old, we started noticing some problems, um, just um, fighting. The, the, Eric and Jenny were fighting and then things were getting a little out of control. And we found out eventually that they were both using drugs again. And Maddie's very lucky. She's got three sets of grandparents. Um, Jenny's mom is maternal grandmother and I'm paternal grandmother. And then she also has a paternal grandfather and step grandmother. So we all basically started taking care of Maddie at a very young age. I would say about starting around two and a half years old, we would take them. We would take her when things were getting rough. We knew things were getting kind of dicey and they were using drugs. We're not sure what we, we just, we didn't realize it was methamphetamines, but they were using drugs and doing a lot of fighting. And I would say I should have my dates prepared for this, but Eric and Jenny ended up breaking up. They broke up because it was so bad. And Jenny married another guy and his name was Garrett. And um, she, she was lost for a couple of years. Um, your mom was not around a lot. She was with Garrett taking care of him. He was, he was a dishonorable discharge from the United States 
Navy, I believe, and he had been he had spent some time over in Iraq or Afghanistan, and he had um, some mental health issues. But we found out later he was also very much addicted to methamphetamine as well. So now we have biological mom and biological dad using um, methamphetamine, and now there's a new guy in the picture that's also using. We finally got, I got legal guardianship in 2015. So you would have been four years old in 2015 um, because we couldn't find Jenny. She was gone. She was with this Garrett gentleman and we didn't know where they were. Turns out, yeah, go ahead. What was happening with Eric at the time? That's your son, Eric. Eric was very upset that he couldn't find Jenny and he started using meth and he thought that was his way to find her is getting back into the same crowd as her. And so it was really, really um, a difficult time for all of us. I finally got legal guardianship in September of 2015. Uh, I want to say... And then um, in October, we found out that she had secretly married Garrett. And so now they were, now they, now they were married and we didn't find out till like December. Oh, I didn't know they got married. Yeah, they were married. And then by February, I think it was a 20, oh gosh, 20. February 26 or 24. Of 2016. We found out that he had murdered Jenny in the middle of the night while she was sleeping. And um, he did have a very high level of methamphetamine in his system. So that we, they caught him right away, of course, and did blood screening. And he was very much high on methamphetamine. And so she, she did not die of an overdose, but she had been using methamphetamine. She was sleeping and he he did he murdered her in the middle of the night. And what happened to him? Did he go to prison? He is in prison. Um, I want to say 150 years, and of course, probably 75 of what he'll serve. Right. And you had Maddie during this time when her mother was murdered. I I did have her. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You were well. You were with one of the other grandparents that night. But, um, but you had custody at the time. Yes, I had legal guardianship and then I actually got her full time. She was with me full time starting in kindergarten. So that was so been- about a year later or so. Yeah. yeah. So Maddie, do you have Maddie, do you have any memory of your mother at all? I only remember of them fighting in the kitchen and then my brother, um, he would take me into his room and then cover us in a blanket and watch a movie on his computer. So Maddie so has Maddie has a uh, brother from um, Jenny has a son from a previous relationship and he's eight years older than Maddie. So he's eleven or eleven. He's eleven, 11. years older than you, and, and he uh, was really instrumental in watching and protecting Maddie during all of that. So he's been living with maternal grandmother. It sounds, Maddie, like any memories you have from that time are pretty traumatic, pretty upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know this whole story, right? Like your grandma's talking about it now, but but you were familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, of course, we didn't tell her all of it. But a few years ago, she finally learned the truth and that there were drugs involved um, and it, you know, it was just a really sad day in your life when you found out 
Um, she's gone through a lot of grief counseling and she's a very strong little girl, but what she really misses the most is that she doesn't remember her mom. So, you know, mm. she was four and a half and she doesn't truly, we have pictures that all over our house. We have pictures at the other grandparents' house, but she truly doesn't even remember her voice. And that's the sad part. Yeah. And what happened to Eric, her dad, your son? So my son has had, he continues to have drug problems. He has been um, through rehab a few times here in South Dakota, a few different, like down in Yankton and uh, Canton. Um, and he um, is a great guy. He's got a really great soul, but he got, he too got in with a lot of um, bad friends when he was younger and it started with marijuana. Um, I want to say seventh grade. It's and pretty then, young and we know the brain is not developed. Yep. Well, the, yeah. the, the, the brain, the frontal cortex doesn't truly develop until you're well into your 25. 20s, at least for me. I heard Maddie chime in and said 25 and she's she correct. About 25 yes. is right. That's right. So at the time they start using drugs is when their brain quit, quits maturing. So um, Eric is going to be 40 in September. He's currently in South Dakota State Prison. We love him dearly. We miss him dearly. He is a great person. He's just got a really bad addiction with whatever drug you you name it. He's used it, and he has been he's been out once and was in a, a he was in a halfway house, and then he um, failed that and got into more trouble, and now he's back in prison for a few more years. She doesn't really get yeah. to see her dad yet. We haven't she been there to visit. Mm -mm. But we will be visiting very soon, hopefully. Yeah, we're trying. We're filling out paperwork. So, Maddie, this is a lot for a 10-year-old to live with, you know, losing your mother. Well, first of all, just really you lost your mother before you really lost your mother to drugs because she was using them and not able to take care of you. And then she was murdered and your dad is in prison. I'm so glad you have your grandma. I know your grandma and I know she's a wonderful, wonderful person. But I feel like that's a lot to carry around for a 10 year old to carry around through life. How do you feel about it? It's very sad because like all my friends, they're always like when we have like a sleepover or something, we go hang out. They're like when they make supper, they're all like, mom, dad, can we have this or that for supper? And I usually just say, Nana, Lana, can we, what, what do we have for supper? And it's just sad not to use to say mom or dad. Right. You, you feel different than your friends because you don't have that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes me sad too, Maddie, that you don't have that. But I am grateful that you have Lana because, I mean, it's important you have one person, that a child at least have one person in their life that they can trust and count on. And I know you have that. Have you thought a lot about what led to your parents being in the situations that they were in? Have you thought, you know, about the drugs and what do you think about that? Well, you know, um, how, how they got started and then how it finally comes to affect you as their child. And now using that in your own life, because we've talked about, when she starts having sleepovers, somebody might say, hey, let's drink this mouthwash. 
What are you going to mm. say to that, Maddie? I brought and- my own. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, we have to I start th- talking about reality. She's going into fifth grade and somebody might approach her in a very short amount of time. Right. And you have to talk about the genetic predisposition. You know, I just learned that addiction is 30 to 60% genetic, just like asthma is. Wow. Same, you know, and I thought that was fascinating. And I thought I talk a lot to my kids about their genetic predisposition. Mm-hmm. And I just think that you have to be really careful when when you are 21, even, and you take a drink, you have to really think about how that substance affects you. You know, mm-hmm. I might be a little, um, she, I don't know if she likes this, but I even worry about too much sugar. Oh my goodness. I won't let her have a lot of sugar <laughs> in the house because those are the same brain cells yes. that trigger, right? You're right. It's the same, 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 you know what? Sugar lights up in the brain, the same areas as cocaine. So yeah. that's an illegal drug, cocaine. And I'm saying that for Maddie's benefit. So <laughs> in case you didn't know, but, but yes, your grandma is right. That uh, your Nana is right. That, that sugar does stimulate the same areas of the brain. And you know what? It's kind of funny because Emily was a huge sugar addict. She could not live without sugar and would just be bouncing up the walls after sugar. And it's interesting to me, all these connections, you know, so exposed to to addiction. (laughs) A fun fact about me, when I have sugar, I don't go crazy. I actually get tired when I have sugar. Okay. That's probably that quick high. And then that really steep fall probably that we all get. Yeah. 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 So when you think about this, Maddie, and you think about what happened to your parents and you think about where drugs, you know, led them, do you feel like you are going to make different choices maybe in your life than they did? How do you think about that? Um, For sure, I'll make different choices than they did. I don't want to end up with them. Um, Because what happens? I mean, one one is dead and one is in prison. I mean... mm -hmm that's your pretty much your choices if you be, start to use drugs, right? Yeah. When I asked her if she felt comfortable doing this interview with you, Angela, what was your response? Yes, of course. I want to let people know why not to take um, drugs because you can end, cause if you have kids, you can end up like me sometimes. Right. And, and, they, and then they have to live with their grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. Or like an uncle. And Maddie, I know that you feel sort of isolated or alone in the fact that a lot of your friends have a mom and a dad or both, you know, at home and you don't have that. But the truth is nationwide, more and more grandparents are raising their kids because of addiction and because of overdose deaths. I mean, they're just skyrocketing unbelievably. And so Lana, you got to realize you're not alone in raising a grandchild. No, I, I, I have a feeling I kind of knew that this was going to be a kind of like an epidemic or pandemic, whatever you want to call it, that yeah. with drug use being on the rise, more and more grandparents will be raising their grandchildren. What are the challenges in that? I mean, I think some of it might be, I think it could be, I mean, I, I can tell you and Maddie have such an awesome relationship and there's probably so many rewards, you know, to raising her. But yeah. there's also challenges. You already raised kids, right? It's right. Like <laughs> I'm 58 years old. I'm not going to lie. I had no idea I'd be raising a child at this time in my life. Um, but we're really, I think we're doing a pretty good job. Don't you think, Maddie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a widow. My 
husband passed away from cancer in 2013. So I was going to be alone. And then Maddie's mommy died and daddy had drug problems and she was alone. So it was kind of a natural fit for both of us. Yep. And we got a puppy. So we're trying to make the most of having this quote, normal childhood. Um, We're very active in school um, sports and um, she's learning. um, She is learning Spanish trying to work on French already. And I'm trying to stay young. (laughs) I have have to work out every day. I got to figure out how I got to stay strong. I got another eight more years with her. Yes. And you seem very young, um, Lana. And I would think that Maddie is, do a lot of people think Lana is your mom? I bet a lot of people mistake. You want to tell her? A lot. Some people like when they don't know me and they're just meeting us and they're like, oh, your mom is so pretty. I'm like, yeah, she is. And I just go yeah. along with it. And yeah. Because why not? Because because what? Because she is beautiful and she does seem young. And I think that you're lucky in, in the aspect that you are very youthful because for you, I mean, a lot of people, I think, would struggle a little bit more with just keeping up, having the energy you right. know, to keep up with a 10 year old. Yes, it's, it, it can be fun, right? Yeah. And we're yeah. lucky. Um, our next door neighbors, our friends of hers. And they help out. I've got lots of friends and family that will help out with us. So I'm not in this alone, really. She's got other grandparents involved as well. So um, I think we're doing a pretty good job. Although, you know, again, I didn't think I was going to be doing this at this time in my life, but it's all working out. Right. I'm thinking, Lana, that you really have dealt with a lot of different kinds of grief. I don't know if there's different kinds, but there's different levels or different grief presents itself in different forms like losing your husband, your son being in prison, that's a loss. I mean, just having a child who suffers from substance use disorder is a loss because it's not what any of us want for our children. Right. You know, and I just think, and then Maddie has suffered losses so many in her young life. She has. How there's a lot of people that listen to my podcast that are new to this grief thing. I mean, nobody would ask for this type of, these types of things to happen in their life, but what has helped you the most cope? Um, I try a lot of different things. So when my son, when I discovered he had been using methamphetamine, he was 18 years old. So we've mm-hmm. been doing this for about 20 years. Wow. Um, he was graduating from high school and he did not look okay. He almost looked like a dead man walking, really. And that was my biggest that was one of my biggest challenges because I'm an RN and I've seen drug addicted patients. I knew enough about methamphetamine at the time that I thought he was going to die immediately. I started grieving this loss the day I found out he was using meth. I just kind of just felt like that was his death. And I mean, I'm so happy he's still alive, but it's been a constant struggle He's tried different, he's tried being sober. Um, he's gone to some rehabs. Like I said, it ends up turning into um, misdemeanors and now felonies. And now he's spending time in prison. It's, it's ongoing. Grief, as you know, is ongoing and it never truly ends. It just changes with time. As far as my husband, um, that too, I knew the day they told me he had a brain tumor, it was not going to end well. Um, 
I have tried a lot of different things. Um, really what I've learned the most is just the, the simple things, exercise, get outside into this, into the sunlight, be with friends and family, your loved ones talking about it. I mean, I've tried, I think I only went to a couple of grief counseling. It just didn't, wasn't for me. Um, but Maddie sure has been to a nice gal, right. Mm -hmm. Um, through Catholic family services, Mary Weber, she's a grief counselor and she's been fabulous. In fact, she told Maddie that you're doing so well. I think we'll just meet now as needed. (laughs) She said, you'll probably need some grief counseling when you're a teenager. And then again, when you're in your twenties, it's always going to change, but right now she's doing so well. She doesn't need a schedule. What, Maddie, what did you learn from the grief counseling? What did you learn? Remember the picture you drew of your mom with the string to the sky? Oh, yes. So there was one day we learned about the invisible string. So um, it was about all your loved ones are connected to the invisible string. The invisible string connects love. So like right now we have an invisible string because we both love each other. So it just goes like, Love and then love and then love and then love. Just comes back and forth. And the analogy with your mother is in heaven. So you mm-hmm. have an invisible string that goes all the way to heaven, yep. right? I love that. That is very cool. I think of the analogy I think of, Lana, is the golden umbilical cord. <sighs> but you kind of have this with your having lost a child, you know, and I think Maddie probably has that with her mom. Same, same concept. Yeah. Yep. That's really cool. Yeah. And I think also, Lana, that Maddie gives you purpose, right? So you've had a lot of loss, but she does. You, you can't just wallow in self pity. You got to take you care of her. Can you imagine how lonely life would be without you? Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> you probably wouldn't even have Louie, <laughs> our dog. The dog, yeah, the yeah. dog, right? Right. So it's all right. my idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, this might be my dream. I don't know if it's Maddie's, but. She has such a wonderful soul and she's got so much strength that I really do think that I should become a counselor. You should become a counselor. You could, you could be whatever you want, but I really would love for you to go around and talk to other kids in the school system about your story and why, you know, maybe it's older kids. I don't know. So they don't make the same mistakes as her parents did. Mm -hmm. We just want us, if we could save one person, wouldn't that be nice from using drugs? Even just one person. Yeah, that's what I always think in, in my efforts with Emily's Hope. If just one person's life is impacted, if one person makes a different choice, if one person finds recovery, then it's all worth it, right? And because that, you think about that ripple effect, you know, you can see that in your family. You can see that with Jenny and Eric, you know, that ripple effect of the people. Uh, around the people who either are suffering from substance use disorder or who die. Um, You know, it's, it it affects more than just those people. It affects all of us. And I wish that we would all look at it as a, as something that affects the entire society, you know, and we'd make greater strides in doing more Mm -hmm. to prevent it and to end the problems that we see. Yeah. Maddie, if you were going to talk to kids, what would you say to them? If you were in front of a classroom of kids your age or maybe a little younger right now, what would you say? I would start with, so I would start with um, saying like, why not to use it and how can it, it can, how can it affect you? 
because mm -hmm. and it can how it can affect all of your loved ones, your friends, your family, everyone. Right. Well, I'm so sorry about your mom and and your dad too. And maybe someday, you know, I always say as long as someone's still alive, there's still hope. There is. So, yeah. You know, maybe someday you'll have a better, you know, you'll have a, a relationship. I know you can't really have a relationship with someone who's in prison. It's very hard to right. do, especially when you're right. a kid. But yeah. you know, you may have a relationship someday with him. It could it could happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I just I admire both of your strength. I mean, both of you are strong, strong women. So hey, yeah, I we are. Thank you. <laughs> and I think you're probably better together. I think it's it's yeah. really nice. Well, God still has a purpose for us, right, Maddie? Yes, we still have things does. to accomplish on this world. Mm. And and if it's educating others on using drugs and alcohol, then let's do it, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining me on the podcast and for sharing your story. Maddie, you are the first kid I've interviewed on the podcast. Yay, so awesome. Good you. job, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for that. Thank yes. you. Yes. Well, thank you, Angela. We really appreciate this opportunity. And if there's anything else we can do to help with this mission of yours, we're happy because we we want to help you um, continue with Emily's legacy. I love it. I love it. Thank you. And I'm going to take you guys up on that offer. Awesome. Thank you. Good. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a great night. Thank you for joining us. Check out other episodes of the podcast and read my blog on our website, emilyshope.foundation. If you like what you're hearing, please consider giving us a positive review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Until next time, wishing you faith, hope, and courage.